This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, here is another factor that can hurt any Zoomer's budget, though it likely only affects people with higher incomes than those who are using food banks. And that is helping adult children with the very high cost of housing. We've known for a long time that young people often turn to the bank of mom and dad to help with a down payment. And obviously, parents really want to help their kids out. But now, a Leger poll shows that more than a third of parents are also chipping in for rent. And get this, yet another study, and okay, we have to give this like a a good look, found that Canadian millennials, people who are getting this help, are more likely to pick a future partner based on shared home buying aspirations than on good looks. Okay, I'm not quite sure what to do with that one, but I'm putting it out there. I would like to hear from you on whether you help your children or what the situation is. Uh, if your kids can actually put a down payment on a house, if the rent is too high for them, even if they're working, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-740. 4740. And right now we are going to Ellie Davis, who's a real estate agent with Royal LePage, and Kelly Keene, who is a personal finance educator, and she is with FP Canada, and they are the ones that commissioned that Leger poll. Ladies, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Great to be with you, Libby. Thank you. Okay, let's start with you, Kelly. Uh, why did you commission this poll, and, and what is your takeaway from it? Yeah, this is, uh, we actually came out with a, sim- a similar poll back in 2017, Libby. So, SP Canada, we're concerned about what's on the hearts and minds of Canadians and, and of course, you know, uh, older Canadians as well. And that survey back in 2017 was called Failure to Launch. So, we wanted to know how much of an impact is, you know, parents' help with uh, their children? How much is it causing them to postpone retirement, postpone their debt? Interestingly enough, this survey revealed that it's it's dramatically up from the one that we conducted in 2017. Uh, nearly 40% are saying that they're going to have to postpone their retirement due to the support, either helping out with rent or um, intending to help their child buy a place that's up from 27%, and also that it's putting a strain on them, helping out their kids, that they won't be able to pay off their debt 34% of parents are saying that, up from 22%. And interestingly enough, we had another survey for Seniors Month not that long ago, and that revealed that one in five Canadians, 60-plus, are still working. Of those, 12% are saying that because they're helping their kids out financially, they still have to work. You know, it's interesting. Just uh, on Sunday, I was having lunch with some friends and and one of the women and she's a single parent uh though you know she does well and her daughter is going into law school and in terms of the rent she said 
I want my daughter to be safe. And she found, uh, you know, a good apartment that she feels comfortable with, I guess, you know, with, with some security there. It's, it's $2,300 a month. That's crazy. Um, and, and I get it. I get that a lot of parents definitely want to help their kids out, want to give them a secure place. And that's wonderful. It's natural. But the thing is, is, is you know, can you help? How are you going to help if you can't? So, i.e., are you going to take out a line of credit to provide this assistance for your ch- ch- children or what have you? And then, Libby, there's also the element of if there's more than one sibling. When we did this survey back in 2017, I did a lot of interviews, had a lot of people, you know, emailing, tweeting, all that type of thing, saying, hey, my mom and dad keeps helping out my brother and my sister, but what about me? What does that mean at retirement? And I think that, you know, if you're giving that helping hand, you also want to make sure that you have a helping hand in the form of a financial plan, talking to someone like a certified financial planner, and maybe getting your adult child to be talking to a planner as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's all very interesting. And I, I also know people that where if they help out one child, they say, okay, the other child is going to get their share in the will or whatever, but they, they, they bring it out into the open because it can cause friction. Ellie Davis, uh, you're in the real estate market. Uh, you know, what are you finding? I'm finding the same thing uh, very often. Um Friends of mine, clients of mine are all helping their kids either uh, rent an apartment or the down payment for a small condo just so they can have a foothold in the, in the market because we live in such an expensive city. And um, that's just the way it is. If they can help, they are helping. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you sell some pretty high-end real estate, so I'm imagining it's not so much of a hardship for, for the people uh, that are buying those homes. Well, I, some of the mindset is they're going to have their money anyway down the road, so why not help them now? And they see the benefit of it, and they make their kids happy, and it makes them happy. So if they can afford it, you just do it. Okay, well, the, yeah, there's an old Russian uh, proverb about giving while the hand is warm as opposed to giving while the hand is cold. <laughs> I believe in that myself. Uh, Kelly, uh, in terms of attitudes, did you find, I mean, I would imagine that most parents really want to help their kids. Does it, what's, what's the impact if they can't do it to the extent that they would like? Uh, it, it's, it's, it can be devastating. And Libby, it's interesting because a lot of times the people that really want to help are the ones that can't afford to. Now, our survey didn't go into that. That's me speaking anecdotally. But it's so important that you, you know, like you said, like have the conversation, bring it out into the open. Again, maybe get that independent third party to help you have it because what are the implications of that help with the down payment, for example, and then maybe your child, um, you know, God forbid, has to declare bankruptcy or marries and then divorces. What, what, you know, what are the parameters around that gift? Getting it in writing. Is it a gift, in fact? Is it a loan? Oftentimes, families will have these conversations and there's this miscommunication or misunderstanding that I thought mom and dad were giving this to me, but in fact, it was a loan. If you're actually going to co-sign for your children, understanding how that can affect you later on. Unfortunately, I'm on the other side of hearing some of these um, incredibly sad stories, and 
Um, you know, just uh, it's always great to get it in writing. It's great to get a professional opinion, talk with a lawyer, an accountant, and make sure that you really understand what that, if you can or can't help. Because like I said, a lot of people that can't help, they're still taking out the lines of credit on their home or things of that sort. They're just making it work in whatever way they can, not understanding that they still have their own financial security to look um, towards and ensure that that's intact as well. Okay, uh, the lines are filling up. Let's take a few calls, starting with Paul in Woodstock. Hi, Paul. Hello, Libby. It's nice to talk with you again. I always enjoy your program. Thank you very much. Okay, my, my issue, and I think I mentioned it once before, is the way the real estate market works. My young lad put an offer in on a place, and not, not just an offer, but the asking price, and two weeks later, the real estate phones up and says, uh, we have other offers. Would you like to make another offer? Now, my thing is, at one time, when there was multiple offers, they had to be dealt with one at a time in the order they were received, and they were either accepted or declined. Now, as I mentioned before, it's just an auction, and, and you're scaring these young people in, in, into buying more than they can afford. And when they phoned up and, you know, said that, did you want to make another offer? I said, no. We, so we looked around a little more. They found a, another place, less work involved, a little more money, but a better place, but they needed help. That wasn't a problem. We, we had given them the money that they need so they don't have to pay mortgage insurance. But I see this trend over and over again where somebody puts a price on a house, and then they basically auction it off. It should be done the way it's supposed to be done, the way it used to be done, because all it's doing is driving the cost of real estate through the ceiling. Uh, Paul, I want to thank you very much for pointing that out. And uh, Ellie Davis, I've heard rumblings that maybe the rules will be changed. A lot of people uh, complain about that auction kind of a thing where you put a certain date, you're going to look at the offers and it's very, it's not transparent. You have no idea. You might end up bidding against yourself for all you know. Well, we yes, you're you the highest one, and you're going higher. You're okay, let right. Paul. Let's let's, let's let uh, let's let Ellie respond. Thanks. Thanks. Just keep listening. Yep, Ellie. Uh, hi there. Um, we now have a form uh, which um, an agent and a buyer must sign when they do register their offer, which means a signed offer. But we cannot control the number of people who might want to buy a certain property. So if there are three people that want to buy the same property on the same day, the owner wants to see all three of them. And sometimes they don't accept any of them. Sometimes they send them all back for improvement. Or sometimes they choose one and sell the house or sign that one back. They can only work with one at a time. But what I didn't understand about your first comment was he bid on the house, he gave them full price, and then a week or two later they called him back. Why, why didn't they take the offer the first time? Well, uh, we've, uh, we've uh, asked him just to be listening now to your answer, uh, so I don't know the exact story, but, but this is the thing that there have been many complaints about. And uh, Have you heard, is it possible that that rule will be changed, or uh, is this kind of the new way things are done? 
it's it's not new. It's, it's, it's not new. The way but... it is, you you can't you can't control supply and demand. And you know, when when agents artificially price a house much much lower than they believe it really is, and it happens all the time, then it attracts a lot of attention and multiple offers. If a house is overpriced, it'll sit there and there'll be no offers. So you you try as an agent to price correctly, but markets are ch- are changing all the time and and. It's a very hard thing to um, pinpoint exactly. But I've, I've been on both sides of multiple offers, and I've been, you know, a winner and a loser in many situations. And um, you just hope the listing agent is ethical and fair, which I always am, and I totally disclose everything that's going on when it, when I should. And the winner is very transparent to the seller. So... Yeah, but not to the other bidders. You're dealing with not to the other bidders. Uh, No, you can't. You can't disclose uh, a buyer's offer to any other buyers, but the seller can see them all. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Let's hear from Marion in Etobicoke. Hi, Marion. Hi there, Libby. I have a very happy, prideful story to tell. My husband and I are in our 80s. We had that conversation financially with our two children, both about our finances and theirs, and they chose to move out of Toronto. We were ever so proud of them, and they explained it as being our time to enjoy. Theirs is coming. But, Libby, that brings a question that I put to you, please. When we as a young couple started out and made 99 cents an hour and gave up a lot of things to get where we are today, why is it that young people at a minimum of $14 an hour can't do the same? Boy, they can't even, they can't even afford rent with that, with $14 an hour. We just had that. Of 99 cents to $14. Well, well, the, there was just a study last week saying people who make minimum wage uh, cannot afford rent in all but a very few places in the entire country. And they'd have to work something like 100 hours a week. And, you know, I, I see, you know, it, it wasn't that easy for us. We had to make sacrifices. Definitely. But, definitely. But right now... I mean, even if you have two young people who are doing really well together making over a hundred thousand, if, if houses cost over a million bucks and you need a 25% down payment, how are you going to get that? Starter, a starter home does not have to cost over a million. See, I think we exaggerate these things. You're in Etobicoke. A couple can get a home that needs work done to it. Okay. Well, you know what? In Etobicoke, uh, it doesn't cost a lot less than a million bucks. Well, I live in Etobicoke, and exactly. I would be thrilled if we got a million for our bungalow, but I know we won't. Uh, I don't know about Where's that. Where's your house? I'll list it. <laughs> uh, okay, you get our number after. Uh, Seriously, okay. I do oh, not want okay. to move. Marian, but we don't... need reality in this. Like, we didn't have two cars, two holidays a year. In fact, we had no holidays I know, until Marian, we were it's... able to get on our feet. With the... Yeah, but what Whatever, it's all true, except, um, you know what? 
the the prices are just crazy and and you have to be working for a long time to save a down payment but marion i hear you and uh, i I would say don't sell your house if you like it because you have to buy (laughs) in the same market we've made plans to stay here as long as possible and thank you for listening okay marion thanks a lot yeah so it's interesting that that a, a lot of those views still persist that that you know the these young people are not as industrious and and not as responsible as as we all were and um kelly Keene, what do you find about that well i and i totally hear what marion's saying and and there is something to that libby i mean there's something to the lifestyle of the millennial wanting to have it all and tick their bucket list off in their 30s and 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 enjoy it but on the other side also young folks are coming out with student loan debt that is crippling right out the gate. They're not necessarily, I'm, I'm, you know, in Marion's time, I, I think I'm safe to say that if you came out with a university degree, you were almost guaranteed a fantastic job with benefits and a pension and things of that sort. Today, that is not so at all. All of those things are disappearing. Um, you know, young folks are coming out with specialized uh, degrees or several not being able to get the compensation to even cover those student loan debts. So um, it's a challenging time. And also, it's a low interest rate time. If it were a couple decades ago, I don't think we'd be having this conversation about helping your kids get into the market, because it was a time when you were just trying to burn your own mortgage, let alone, uh, you know, uh, help your kids out in, in the fashion that I think expected. So it's uh, it, it's it's an interesting time, and uh, it's a very different time. Well, exactly, and I remember I remember interest rates, you know, all the way up to eighteen percent. So mm-hmm. times have changed. Okay, uh, that is all the time we have for this segment. Thank you so much to uh, real estate agent Ellie Davis and to Kelly Keene from FP. Appreciate your time. It's a very interesting topic that I bet we will revisit in one form of or another. Thank you both. Thank you, Libby. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.